We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Monday, August the 10th, 2020. On today's show, we've got a packed one. First things first, we continue along and actually wrap up the position unit preview series heading into 2020 football season. Today, I'm breaking down one of the strengths, if not the strength, of the South Carolina defense, and that is the defensive backs. We'll take a look back at 2019. We'll meet the defensive backs. I'll talk about who has the most approved, the best overall. Season will be successful if, give the overall grade for the unit, and much, much more. Also, the SEC Friday afternoon in a late afternoon news dump, if you will, announcing the two additional opponents South Carolina will face during this 2020 football season in the Auburn Tigers and the Ole Miss Rebels. I'll give my thoughts on the selections, how South Carolina stacks up, and what it means for their 2020 football season. Also, tons of news and notes to get into the ongoing Mike Bobo situation, the status of college football, some recruiting news as well. We also have your listener questions. Before we get into everything, this is a podcast sent to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. SeatGeek, the best ticket buying app by far, the only ticket buying app I use and the only one that I recommend. Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP. You're going to save $20 off your first purchase. Guys, Sports are on the way back. I know there's some uncertainty right now. I know we all don't really know what's going on, but sports are on their way back, and soon fans will be back in the seats. We're not going to scalp anymore, right? Scalping is a thing of the past. You're going to have to get your tickets through your phone. It's the wave of the future. We all know that. SeatGeek, like I said, is by far, in my opinion, the absolute best ticket buying app that you can use. Go download the app. Go to their website. You can see for yourself. they got a great ticket rating system, which actually rates the tickets for you based on the type of deal you're getting. I know a lot of times in the ticket buying process, there's a lot of guessing. You feel like, oh my gosh, am I spending too much money on these? Or, you know, we're all trying to find a deal. We're all trying to find a bargain, right? Well, SeatGeek is going to help you do that. Like I said, with the ticket rating system, you're going to see exactly where you're sitting, what you're paying, what type of deal you're getting. They have a deal score for you. So you know, hey, you're getting ripped off or you're getting a steal. You should go ahead and cop these. So you can go ahead and buy them. You can have that peace of mind when you click the buy button. You can simply just go enjoy your event without having that stress or that strain thinking to yourself, oh man, did I overpay for my tickets? Hey, you can use that money to put gas in the tank. You can use that money to get some uh, concessions while you're at the event, whatever it may be. And it's not just sports, concerts, comedy club events. When all those things come back, SeatGeek has tickets to literally everything, anything and everything, everything you're going to, SeatGeek has got those tickets for you. And they're going to save you, like I said, the absolute most money, which I know we all love to hear that. So again, that's our friends at SeatGeek. Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP, that's S-P-R-S-U-P, to save $20 off your first purchase. Let's get it. 
everybody had a fantastic weekend. I'm your host, Chris Phillips, the Spurs Up Show, as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We have a packed show again. I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. I know I did. August the 10th here. Man, it's crazy. 2020, time is flying by. My little brother over the weekend, I was hanging out with the family, uh, had a great weekend, by the way, went hiking, stuff like that, got to kind of relax, just get away from Columbia, spend some time with the fam. But my little brother of the weekend is listening to Christmas music, and he's telling me, Christopher, and they, they all call me Christopher. He's like, Christopher, it's, it's, it's almost Christmas. It's already August. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I can't even fathom. Like, it feels like yesterday it was just Christmas 2019, and you're telling me we're only, what, three and a half, four months? We're four months from Christmas 2020? Like, where has the year gone? And I'm sure – Almost all of you can relate to that because it feels like this year because of the pandemic and stuff has just flown by. It's insane. But again, I hope you all had a fantastic weekend, a very relaxing weekend, and I hope you're all having a great Monday as well whenever you're listening to this. I know I'm excited. There's a lot to get to, a ton that happened over the weekend. I'm sure it's going to be an action-filled week. I mean, it seems like every single day we've got some new piece of information, some new news, whether it's South Carolina related, whether it's college football related, whether it's just sports related, whether it's in the world related, whatever. Things are, the only thing you can say that's certain about 2020 is everything's uncertain. Everything is changing. Everything's ever-changing every single day, it seems like. So a lot to get to. I'm very, very excited before we get into everything, a couple housekeeping items as always, guys, no matter what platform you're listening on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever it may be, and those of you who already done so, I really do appreciate it. We are inching closer and closer to 300 reviews on iTunes. If you could take five seconds, if you haven't done so, click the pause button, go leave five stars, go leave your thoughts, your feedback, whatever. Hey, you like the show, you don't like the show, there's things you like, things you don't like, whatever it may be, it's a great place to leave your feedback. So like I said, click the pause button, take five seconds, no matter the platform you're on, go review the show. It helps boost up the podcast, helps other people that maybe have never heard of the Spurs Up show to find it. And again, I know a lot of you listening have already done so. And if you have, I truly do appreciate it. Also, if you're not subscribed, not sure what you're doing, hammer that subscribe button. You're going to get the notifications when the podcast drops. And you want to be in the know. You want to be in the know when the pod drops. And you also want to be subscribed across all social media channels, all that good stuff. You guys know what to do. Again, rate, subscribe if you haven't. I really, really do appreciate it. Also, just wanted to point this out. Again, you guys know, and I'm not going to go on a long rant or anything, but you guys know that I have always – I took the long route when it comes to the Spurs Up show. You know, the, the traditional model, it seems like, in college athletics is for these different websites and these different forums and these different, these different platforms, I should say, to charge for their content, right? Most places you have to pay a monthly fee, whether it be 5 6 $7, whatever, to read content. Everything is behind a paywall. I took the long route, did not want to do that. I did not want to charge my content. I don't want to charge my content. I don't plan for ever charging for my content. I love to create content. I love to spread it out to the masses. I don't plan on putting that behind a paywall. I just wanted to make one thing, um, notify you guys of one thing. Um, again, I never asked for money from any of my listeners, but you guys probably all know of the economic times we are in, of what is going on. All I want to say is if you guys do, I, I, my podcast is hosted on the Red Circle platform. If you've ever been to iTunes, obviously, which most of you that listen, I'm sure you have. If you go to the description, they have a link at the bottom of the description which says support this podcast at, and there's a donations button. If you click that, you have the opportunity to make a recurring donation, a one-time donation, whether it be a dollar, $2, $3, $5, whatever it may be. Somebody has actually been donating, which... Is, this is why I'm bringing this up. Somebody has been donating like $8 a month 
And whoever you are, please DM me because I would love to shout you out on the podcast. But listen, I want to make that clear. If there are people on here, and again, I hold nobody to it to do it, but I just wanted to, you know, throw that option out there. Again, doing what I do obviously is not free. There's a lot of costs that come with it. I don't think anybody thinks it is free. But um, again, if you guys want to do that, again, I'm not putting my, my content behind a paywall. I, I, I don't want to do that. It's just not the way I operate. And it's not it's not the way that I started. It's not the way that I've ever thought, and I'm not going to do that. But I just want to throw out the option, guys. If you do want to support, if you like the content that much that you just want to say thank you again, even if it's giving a dollar or two dollars a month, that would mean the world to me. And again, if not, it's no biggie. But I just wanted to make you guys aware because again, there is somebody apparently giving like eight bucks, and they have been for the past couple of months. And I kind of feel bad because genuinely, I don't really check it all that much because again, I don't expect people to do any of the type of donations or anything like that. So whoever you are, please DM me. I would love to shout you out on the podcast and say a huge thank you to you um, directly. But again, I just wanted to make you guys aware. It's red circle donations at the bottom of every single podcast. There's the support the podcast link or whatever. If you guys want to do it again, it would mean the world. If not again, listen, I, I know we're all strapped right now. A lot of people lost money because of the pandemic. Totally understand. Everybody's dealing with this. The only ways they can deal with it, but even giving a dollar, $2, whatever would mean the world to me. And again, you obviously don't have to do it, but I just want to make you aware because somebody's been giving money and I want to say thank you to them. That's one thing I want to reach out to them. And also, again, I just want to make you guys aware that if that's something you want to do, you're more than welcome to do it. And I would certainly appreciate it. And if not, we will continue to roll on because obviously, again, I'm not putting my content behind a paywall. I love distributing the content, giving the content to you guys, whether it be the podcast, social media, Rowdy Rooster Radio, YouTube, whatever, it does not matter. I love doing what I do and giving you guys the content. But I just want to say thank you, whoever has done that, Thank you for donating. And again, if you want to donate, you now know how to do so. Um, and if you do, please let me know. If you do that, please let me know because I, I want to, at the very least, shout you out and show my appreciation and my thanks. Um, other exciting stuff really quickly, NCAA 14 streams. I'm planning to start them this week. I may start them Monday night if I can get that all situated. So you guys just stay tuned to social media, but I'm extremely excited. I'll actually probably wait until the official schedule comes out, because I obviously want to sim in order of the games, but the NCAA 14 streams are starting very, very, very soon. So be sure to follow us on Twitch. Those will be coming up soon. Also, Rowdy Rooster Radio is back this week, Monday through Friday, four to six. Again, I kind of talked about it on the Thursday show, but last week um, was sort of a a trial run, if you will, doing a lot of testing and trying to get the audio right, and didn't even go live Wednesday, and uh, just went live for a little bit on Friday, but. Um, yeah, so Rowdy Rooster Radio, Monday through Friday, four to six, taking your calls. Would love you guys to tune in. If you have any comments, questions, again, there's a ton to talk about, even outside of the stuff we're going to talk about on the podcast. And I know that you guys have thoughts and feelings on everything. So I would love to hear those as well. All right. I've rambled too much. Let's dive into the meat of the show. We're talking first. We're wrapping it up. Actually, it's crazy. It's been a couple of weeks. We've been doing this, the position unit preview series today. We're talking about the Gamecocks defensive backs heading into 2020 football season. And you could argue with the defensive backs that we are saving the best for last. You, you could argue we are certainly saving the best for last when it comes to the DBs because this, this genuinely might not just be the strength of the defense. It might be the strength of the entire team. Uh, before we dive in this year's unit, let's take a look back at 2019. And I'm going to go over the individual stats, but then I want to go over one major team stat that really stuck out. I mean, I think a lot of you will be surprised to hear this. So, when you're talking DBs, I feel like you've got to start for, with last year's group, at least, 2019. you got to start with Israel McQuamu. Led the team with four interceptions. We all remember his three-interception day at Georgia, which 
I would argue basically won the game for South Carolina. And really, that's the game, in my opinion, that put Israel Mukwamu on the map as far as a big-time player in the SEC. Listen, a lot of people wonder and argue, you know, why does J.C. Horn not get more love? Why is Israel Mukwamu a 14 preseason All-American and J.C.'s not? That one game against Georgia is the reason. 110% that one game that he had against Georgia. And that's not taking anything away from Israel or anything because he capitalized on those moments. But that is the reason because J.C. hasn't had that Georgia game yet. But Israel Mukwamu, big-time playmaker for South Carolina last year. We all know about his measurables. The guy is 6'4", which is nuts for a DB. Uh, he also had 59 tackles, two tackles for loss, one of the best defensive backs in the SEC. And his counterpart – and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but arguably one of the best, if not the best, one-two duo as far as DBs in the SEC, J.C. Horn. 40 tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack, and two forced fumbles in 2019 was solid as a rock. Solid as a rock. Um, no picks, which, again, I'm going to talk a lot more about this in detail in just a little bit. I know that's going to be a huge focus for him, but a really good 2019 for J.C. Horn. Jamie Robinson was the guy who really burst on the scene in 2019, a freshman All-SEC guy. 62 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, a pick, and a forced fumble. Again, made a lot of big plays as a true freshman. Uh, JT Ebay, who's now departed the safety, 61 tackles and half tackle for loss. And then RJ Roderick, 55 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, one sack, and two picks. Those are the guys who played the majority of the snaps in the secondary. You also had other guys like John Dixon, Cam Smith played a little bit. Shiloh Sanders may have gotten in there a little bit, but those guys I listed off, those were the main contributors for the secondary last season let's meet the defensive back setting in the 2020 football season going down the list here jc horn isra mcquamu jamie robinson shiloh sanders john dixon rj roderick cam smith jalen foster jalen dickerson o'donnell fortune dominic hill joey hunter darius rush noah vincent and daryl ware rounding out the defensive backs all right let's dive into most approved best overall season will be successful if an overall grade and again I'm excited to talk DBs. I've been excited to talk defense this entire time, guys. I told you, I'm really, really fired up for South Carolina's defense heading this 2020 football season. We've got athleticism all over the field. And, and I thought South Carolina had the same thing last year. But when you talk most to prove, and we're going into year five now of Will Muschamp. We're going into year five. When you talk about most to prove in the Gamecocks secondary and amongst the defensive backs, I don't think there's any South Carolina fan. I don't care if you're the biggest homer in the world and you wear the garnet glasses and you're a sunshine pumper and you think everything is great. I don't care who you are. There's not a South Carolina fan out there that can argue to me that the safety position has been a strength for South Carolina. And, this, and that's saying something because the secondaries have been, you could argue they've been pretty good, even amongst, even with the, second, the, the safeties, not holding up their end of the bargain. And that's where I go on my most approved. I could have just listed the safety position. Um, but I'm going to go with R.J. Roderick. I'm going to go with R.J. Roderick. Listen, a junior guy, listen, who had a solid campaign last year. Like I said, 55 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, a sack, and two picks. But the safeties as a whole, I don't know what it is. And, and the frustrating thing about it is that this is Will Muschamp's position specifically. He played safety in college. Like, you think of all the positions that South Carolina would have figured out by now going into year five, you would think this they would have this one nailed down. You'd think Muschamp would have this thing down pat. But And I'm not going to name specific names of guys, but you've seen them year after year after year. It's like South Carolina has been slow at the safety position. 
They've been unathletic. How many times have we seen South Carolina get beat over the top on a deep ball? How many times? I mean, just to list off a few numbers, 29, 6, and 24, and that's all I'm going to say, going back over the last two, three, four years. But South Carolina has gotten beaten like a drum over the top. The safety play has been lacking so severely in relation to the rest of the DBs, like I said. In relation to the rest of the DBs. Now, you know, there's some talks that maybe Israel McQuamu is going to slide back there to safety and Cam Smith take one of the corner spots, which, listen, I think would help out significantly, and I would not be opposed to it. You're going to give Israel McQuamu the opportunity to make more big plays. Cam Smith is a guy, listen, was a big-time recruit, should be ready to go. Redshirted last year, should be ready to go this year and take over and, and contribute and be a consistent guy for you every single Saturday. But I say R.J. Roderick has the most to prove because he's the veteran guy back there with the safeties. You know, a guy that, as a true freshman, I've always loved his motor. I love the way that he plays the game. I love the energy that's nasty. Him and, like, Jamie Robinson are very similar. They're very similar in the way they play the game. And, again, I don't think R.J. was necessarily bad last year. Like, I thought he was okay. I thought he was solid. But he needs to take that next step. He needs to take that next step. That safety position – needs to go from being just okay to matching what the rest of the DBs are, which is above average. One stat that I forgot to mention earlier, and I could talk about this later, but I'm going to go ahead. I forgot to mention in 2019 we looked back. And I think a lot of this can be put on the safety play. All of those stats that I read off, all of those stats, how great those individual achievements were and how good those guys did, all those interceptions, whatever. South Carolina's a defense. Just listen to this. South Carolina's a defense gave up 235 yards per game in 2019. That was good enough for 80th in college football. 80th. You think how bad that is. And listen, I don't just want to throw it just on the DBs because – if your defensive line's getting pressure, it's going to help you out. Your linebacker play, obviously, they have assignments in the passing game. But that's a number that simply has to improve. And again, I think a lot of it goes back to when South Carolina needed safety help, when J.C. Horn or Israel McQuamu needed safety help, they just simply didn't get it. Again, I need to see a guy like R.J. Roderick make big plays this year and take that next step. Again, you're a junior. You had some flashes your freshman year. You played okay football your sophomore year. Now it's time to take that next step. A guy like Jalen Dickerson, can he stay healthy and finally produce for South Carolina? What was it, like three years ago? Will Muschamp said that Jalen Dickerson was one of the best safety prospects he'd ever coached. That dude has not been able to stay healthy at all, and I really feel for him because, again, I mean, that's out of his control, really. These are freak things that just happen. Will the move of Israel McQuamu, if he does move to safety, how much will that help that group? Again, I like the move, personally. I like it. A guy like Shiloh Sanders, I thought about putting him as the most approved because, again, I didn't want to do it because he's such a young guy. He's such a young dude. But, hey, Shiloh Sanders, you're the son of a Hall of Famer. You're the son of a Hall of Famer. Like, you got to learn last year. You got your feet wet. You got in the weight room. Now it's time to contribute. Now it's time to make a contribution. But I'm going to put it on the older guy. I'm going to put it on the veteran guy in R.J. Rogers. Again, solid year last season. 55 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, a sack, and two picks. Two picks, not bad. But I think he, along with the rest of that safety group, obviously, they need to take the next step this year. Because 
if we're going through year five and the safeties are still a weakness, I'm going to have some issues with that. Again, that's Will Muschamp's position. That is his position. There's just simply no excuse for it. You know, again, I don't know what it is. We've had so many just slow, unathletic-looking dudes back there. Just so many. I mean, the, the, the two games that come to mind last year are Tennessee and Clemson. South Carolina safeties got beat like a drum up and down the field. I bet the guys playing safety last year still have nightmares about it. <laughs> I mean, it was ugly. It was ugly at times. Again, there's no South Carolina fan out there that can argue with me otherwise that the safety position needs to take a major step forward. Has to. It absolutely has to. So, again, I'm going to put it on the veteran. Again, R.J. Roderick, you're a junior. You need to be the leader of that group. He needs to elevate his level of play and elevate those around him as well. So, I've got R.J. Roderick the most to prove amongst the defensive backs. Best overall, as easy as you think this one would be, it's not quite as easy. I, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. I'm going to go J.C. Horn. But I think there's an argument to be made for Israel McQuamu. And the only there's only one knock on J.C., and you guys know what it is. You guys know what it is. But there's one knock on J.C. But Israel McQuamu, give him his due. Again, the measurables are incredible. He's almost a first-rounder just off his measurables. And, again, that's not taken away from his on-field game or anything he's done. But, I mean, dude, he's a 6'4 DB. Like, they're just, they're just not built that way. I, I mean, defensive backs are not built the way Israel McQuamu is built. So, he's blessed. The man is blessed. And, again, he put himself on the map with that Georgia game, which, again, is probably just off the top of my head. I mean, that might be one of the most – that might be the most dominating performance I've ever seen a South Carolina defender have in a game, single-handedly. Because you just – you can't argue South Carolina to won that game if he doesn't have that type of day. There's just no chance. No way they'd have won. I mean, what, you score 20 – what, what was it, 24 points? And, I mean, you had a pick six and you had two INT. So, you, you, you do the math. Or you scored 20 points, excuse me. Yeah, you scored 20 points. So, yeah. He had a defensive touchdown, an offensive touchdown, two field goals. There you go. So, again, the game is he had. I think he's a big-time playmaker, no question. But J.C. Horn, I will say, listen, and I know you guys are probably wondering and thinking, I'm tough on these guys. I'm tough on J.C. and Izzy. I'm tough on them both because there's two reasons I'm tough on them. Number one, they talk a lot of shit. There's no question. They talk a lot of shit. And, hey, they're defensive backs, and I get it. You have to have that swag. But if you're going to talk that talk, you got to walk that walk. And I know it's not all their fault, but when you finish 80th in passing defense, 80th in yards per game, I didn't get it done. So that's one reason. The second reason I'm so hard on them, though, is because I know how good they can be. I know these guys are two potential first-rounders. And, again, getting back to the point, the best overall for me, as good as Jace, or excuse, excuse me, as good as Izzy is as far as all the big plays he made last year and, all, you know, that Georgia game, J.C. Horn, to me, I, I got to put him as the best overall. I think as far as just being a well-rounded defensive back, again, the big knock on him is no picks. Is no picks. And that's the other reason I'm hard on him, because I'll be honest with you. And, again, as good as I think J.C. Horn is, how 
I there are no elite defensive backs that go two seasons without an interception. I I never heard of it. Never heard of such a thing. And I know he's going to use that as a chip on his shoulder. And I'm sure there's people listening to this that want going to go shoot a DM or send a tweet to JC Horn. I hope you do. I hope the man plays with a fire. I hope he he plays like his hair's on fire this year. And I, I know he will either way. That's his only knock though is that he doesn't have a pick. And I'm going to get to that point in just a second because i got a bold prediction for this season. But listen to this stat about J.C. Horn. According to Pro Football Focus, Horn has played 1,426 snaps in his career. He has been targeted in his career now. It's two-year two South Carolina career. He has been targeted out of 1,426 snaps. He's been targeted just 100 times. That's insane. And he's allowed just 57 completions and two touchdowns. He's allowed two touchdowns on almost 1,500 snaps. I mean, listen, those numbers speak for themselves. I think as far as when you're looking at a big-time defensive back, a big-time corner, a guy that you're seeing playing on Sundays for the next five, ten years, J.C. Horn is that prototype guy. The only thing with Izzy, I think there's a little inconsistency. But, again, I think Izzy's almost more like the, the, the home run type of guy. You know what I mean? J.C. might not give you the big plays that Izzy might. I'm not saying he's not capable of it, but J.C. is just that solid rock for you. Week in, week out, he's solid. And you don't hear his name. I mean, there were many weeks last year you just didn't hear his name because they're not throwing his way. And I respect that. They're not throwing his way. But like I said, I've been tough on him. I've been tough on J.C. Because, again, when you talk that talk, you got to back it up. you got to back it up. When you want it, when you say you're the best one-two duo in the country, you got to back that up. You got to back that up. You know, let's move on. Season will be successful if this one's pretty simple. Season's going to be successful if the safety position simply just holds up there into the bargain. I kind of mentioned this earlier, but if the safeties can elevate their level of play from mediocre to even just slightly above average, these DBs will feast. I, I truly do believe that. From J.C. Horn to Izzy to Jamie to Shiloh to Cam to, to R.J. to everybody, they will feast. There is so much talent in this defensive backfield. And, again, I'll tell you this. If South Carolina is anywhere near what they were last year in passing defense, and really I've said this about every defensive position, but if South Carolina is anywhere near where they were last year as far as numbers defensively, I'm 120% blaming the coaching staff. And that will be a bigger indictment on Will Muschamp than anything, any shortcomings we've had offensively. Because in year five of this Will Muschamp defense, this ought to be the defense that sort of sets the tone. And this, this should be the first defense we're looking at. We say, oh, there it is. There's that Will Muschamp defense. And you're going to have the secondary for it. So, again, season will be successful if Will Muschamp's position figures it out. If the safety position figures it out, they can hold up their end of the bargain. If they can match the play of the corners, South Carolina will be just fine. They will be just fine in the secondary. And, listen, I, I think the other things I already talked about, I think the things that are going to help the secondary, too, when you have a good defensive line, when you got depth on the D-line, you got guys that can get the quarterback, Hey, your DBs are going to feast, no doubt. So I think that'll help them as well. But this secondary, there are NFL bodies all throughout. All throughout there are NFL bodies. So I'm excited for this group. South Carolina's just got to. They have got to get more consistent play from the safety position. Just have to. You can't consistently just get beat over the top. You can't and win football games. 
because the Gamecocks have struggled when it comes to giving up the big play. It just can't happen. It just cannot happen. Overall grade for this unit, and this will probably be the highest overall grade I've given to any position unit on this football team. And like I said at the beginning of the show, it's no surprise because I think not only are they the strength of this defense, they might be the strength of this entire team. I'm going to give them an A-. minus. And a lot of you are, oh, why not an A+, plus? blah, blah, blah. Hey, listen, there's still things to prove. We still need to see J.C. get a pick. We still need to see Izzy come out and do it every single week. Can Jamie follow up his freshman season? Because, hey, as excited as I am about Jamie Robinson, look what happened to Jam Williams. Had a great fre- – same, same type of season. Freshman All-SEC, where's he at now? Transfer to Georgia State. So, Jamie, hey, let's see if he can do it again. What's he got for an encore? I think he will, but what has he got for an encore? The safety position as a whole is a question mark. Has, it has to get better. But saying all that, like I said, there are NFL bodies all throughout this secondary. I do think J.C. Horn and Isha Mukwamu have the opportunity to be the best one-two duo in the conference. I think South Carolina secondary personally is getting slept on a little bit. I really do. I, I, I see the rankings. I see the, the unit rankings for the SEC. And I think it's a little disrespectful because, again, South Carolina was not a good team last year, 4-8. and eight. You are what your record says you are. But when I'm seeing the Gamecocks DBs being ranked sixth, sixth, mm, I mean, I, listen, I, I know there's a lot of good DB units in the SEC. I'm, I'm not a stranger to that. I get that. The Gamecocks need more love than that, bro. They need more love than that. I mean, again, you got the duo of J.C. Izzy. I think the sky is the absolute limit for Jamie Robinson. I love the way he plays the game. He's the most D.J. Swearinger type player I've seen since D.J. Swearinger. Love the way he plays. Love his motor. Gets after it. He will hit you in the mouth. You got tons of young talent behind him. Guys like O'Donnell Fortune should play. You got a ton of guys that played sparingly last year that are going to play a lot this year. John Dixon won. Cam Smith, who was a very highly regarded recruit. You know, you take a look at some of these other guys. Shiloh Sanders, like I said, Joey Hunter, Dominic Hill. Can Jalen Dickerson finally be healthy? If he can, that's a huge boost for you. You got a lot of talent in this back end. Tons. Again, the question being the safety play. You got to get better play from your safeties. No doubt you have to get better play from your safeties. I do, like I said, I talked about it a little bit earlier. I want to make one bold prediction. And I'm giving them an A minus, like I said, an A minus for the defensive backs. Just because, like I said, there are some questions to answer, but there's no doubt how good this group is and how good they can be. I, I fully expect that 200 and what, 235? Yeah, 235 yard per game number, 80th in the, con- the country. I would imagine Carolina's going to cut that in half as far as the ranking. I mean, this is a top 25 secondary as far as passing defense, in my opinion. I, I really believe that. I really believe this is a top 25 secondary. But my bold prediction for these guys, and again, I've been so harsh on him. <laughs> I've been tough on the secondary. I've been tough on them. I have because they're so good. I've been tough on them. And I know that's pissed some of you off. And I just I seem to have a knack for pissing Gamecock Nation off at times. I don't know what it is. We, we fight like family, that's for sure. We fight like Gamecocks. My bold prediction, though, I think J.C. Horn leads this team in picks this year. I do. I, listen, I think J.C. Horn, 
I think he's been hearing all the chatter all offseason from guys like me, from fans, from other analysts. He's been hearing that zero interception number all offseason. He's been hearing it all offseason. As good of a player as he is, I just don't see a way he's going to go through three seasons at Carolina with zero picks. I just simply don't see a way. I really don't. I really, really don't. So I, I'm going to make the bold prediction. I think J.C. Lee's has been picked. Would not surprise me he got five or six this year. I know you're, you're saying to yourself, well, they're not going to throw it his way, blah, blah, blah. I think the coaching staff is going to put him in positions to make big plays. I do. I think they're going to put him in positions to make big plays. It would not shock me at all for J.C. to have four, five, six picks. I think this is his breakout year. I think he will, he will you know, he's already being projected by some as a first-rounder. But I think he will vaunt himself up, catapult himself up, if you will, into that first round, no question. Again, I expect Izzy to have a solid year, too. And we saw what he could do last year. We saw that he can take over a football game. But I think J.C., again, bold prediction, I think J.C. leads the team in picks. I I do. I just – I think he's heard the chatter all offseason. It would would absolutely shock me. I'd be floored if J.C. Horn – didn't come away with a few picks this year. I really would. I really would. So, again, I'm giving the overall grade the A-. minus. There's a ton to like about this group. you got to figure out the safety position, obviously, but the talent is all over the place. There, there are NFL, there are Sunday guys within these defensive backs, and I know I, for one, am very excited to watch these guys play every single Saturday. It's going to be a blast for sure. Um, all right, let's move on really quickly. Um, the big piece of news, we got to talk about this, the SEC which, why they did it this way, I know my buddy Chris Marler over at Saturday Down South, he w- we were texting back and forth. He was having absolute fits, and he, you know, he kind of <laughs> ripped Greg Sankey and those guys on their podcast. But uh, the SEC and what seemed like, you know, it's like every single conference last week announced the full schedule. They announced additional opponents. Blah, blah. And for some reason, the SEC has just been, been behind this thing, and I, I can't understand it. For the best conference in college football, quote-unquote, to be that far behind, I don't understand. But either way, we found out who the Gamecocks are taking on. The additional two opponents, it was announced late Friday afternoon around, what, the show came on at 6. It was announced around 6.15. And somewhat of a surprise, but somewhat not. Gamecocks are taking on Auburn and Ole Miss. They'll host Auburn and Columbia and travel to Oxford, Mississippi. South Carolina in their 2020 schedule with the addition of Auburn specifically, is now facing numbers 4, 5, 8, 11, and 13 on their schedule. Hey, if you don't want the schedule to be hard, don't play in the SEC. That's all I can say. But overall, the reaction, listen, I'm happy with the pull. You know, I think it's two winnable games. That, that's the key. Um, I think it is two winnable games. You face an Ole Miss team that, you know, I think Lane Kiffin is I – thought, I thought Ole Miss football – was going to be must-watch football either way. I really did. With Lane Kiffin back in the SEC and just his care, you know, his charisma and his swagger and the the way he operates, the way he talks and everything, it's going to be must-see TV. Gamecocks going back to Oxford, though. What I hate is this isn't a normal year because we don't get. I don't think we're really going to get to experience the Grove this year. You know, we're not going to get to experience it, which sucks. And God forbid it's another 11 a.m. Central kick. That would be, whew, it'd be brutal. But either way, Gamecocks took, the, took on those guys in 2018, obviously got a huge win in dramatic fashion. But 
with this matchup, you get to play a first-year head coach. So Ole Miss is figuring out a lot of stuff. And then Auburn, listen, you get it at home, which, like I said, I know you're not really going to have home field advantage, quote-unquote, but I think that's a winnable game too. You know, you don't draw Alabama. You just got them last year. I think Auburn's a very winnable game. Auburn's one of those weird teams to me that, you know, they have plenty of talent. They've got plenty of talent. Gus Malzahn's a, a pretty good head coach. I mean, I would say certainly is a good head coach. Um, but the opportunity to beat a team that you've never beaten since you joined the SEC, South Carolina's last win over Auburn, 1933, and it's the only time they've ever beaten them. So to get the opportunity to beat a team you've never beaten in the SEC and then also get a team with a new head coach, again, it could have been much worse. I mean, listen, you're, gonna, you're playing almost everybody in the conference anyways. So – you know, I mean, you look at some teams that like Missouri and Arkansas, RIP. I mean, Missouri having to play LSU and Bama. <laughs> Welcome to the SEC, Eli Drinkwitz. But, uh, no, I'm happy, with, I'm happy with the draw. I, I don't think the draw could have been much better. I mean, listen, you're not gonna, you weren't going to get both Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I mean, come on. That wasn't going to happen. So, I like the matchups personally. Again, Auburn and Columbia get to maybe see if you can end that streak. Maybe you can get revenge for 2010 and 2011. South Carolina still needs revenge for those – shit shows of games um and then yeah like I said Ole Miss just seems like a fun matchup again new head coach you feel like that's a game you should be favored in you feel like you should be adding a win when you add Ole Miss to the schedule so overall I'm pretty happy about it we're going to talk about it a lot more throughout the week on Rowdy Rooster Radio so I'd love to hear you guys thoughts on it again if you if you hate it if you love it I'd love to hear your thoughts so four to six Monday through Friday shameless plug tune into that a um, couple more news and notes. And I didn't make this one of the big key talking points because, again, it is an ever-evolving situation. So it's an ever-evolving situation. So I don't want to go too deep into it. And I'm sure you guys have already seen it. I threw stuff up on social media because, you know, I sort of just felt like I had to. I mean, you, you can't just ignore what's going on. Um, but the Mike Bobo saga that sort of took over late Saturday night and bled into Sunday. Basically, an article coming out from the Colorado – how do you say this? Coloradoan? Yeah, the Coloradoan. Miles Blumhart wrote the article out of Fort Collins, the Coloradoan. Basically, you know, long story short, talking about the Mike Bobo and Steve Adazio 10 years at Colorado State and talking about how there were some racial insensitivities while, while the both coaches were there. And they had different players and different people documenting this happened, this happened, this happened. Well, tons of players, tons of, you know, tons of coaches came out in support of Mike Bobo, including Mark Richt, which I think speaks volumes. Because, listen, a guy like Mark Richt, who is so well-respected in the industry, you're not going to put your neck on the line for a guy you know is guilty, right? You're not going to put your – and listen, I'm one of those people that I'm just waiting to see until all the facts come out because I'm not going to jump to Mike Bobo's defense because, listen, I don't know Mike Bobo personally. I don't know him as a man. I don't know his values and morals. You know, I not to get into a rant here, we'll talk about this probably more on the radio show because I think it's an interesting topic. But college football fans, guys, it, not just South Carolina fans, this is all college football. It is insane to me how fans – will jump to the defense of someone, a player, a coach, maybe another fan, whatever it is. They will jump to the defense of someone without having all the facts, number one. You know, we're still waiting on more stuff to come out. 
But number two, without knowing, like, you don't know this person. You can't, like, they will defend, 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 defend. They will try to justify everything the person did or said. And in some situations, it's kind of disgusting. Like, wait, why can people not wait until all the facts come out? Just, just wait. Just wait till they all come out. I mean, as more and more people speak out in support of Mike Bobo, you know, it, it becomes, it feels more and more like this is some sort, of, some sort of smear campaign or something against Bobo or maybe it's a disgruntled player or coach. I'm not saying it doesn't, but I'm waiting all the facts come out. Because listen, I don't know Mike Bobo personally. I don't know him as a man. On the flip side of the coin, I'm going to just tell it like it is and just say it. This is a coaching fraternity. These coaches stick up for one another. I feel like you'd have to be an idiot not to realize that. These coaches, they are going to stick up. It is a coaching fraternity. I mean, hell, Will Muschamp stuck up for DJ Durkin. And what happened with him at Maryland? However you feel in the situation, that's your opinion. I don't care. It's fine. But I'm just saying, like, you know, I, I, when, when a guy like Mark Rick speaks, it speaks volumes to me. Because, again, it at least says that while he knew him at Georgia, and they coached together a long time at Georgia, like 15 years, while they coached together at Georgia, he was a stand-up dude. I really don't think a guy like Mark Rick would say otherwise if, if he knew he was a scumbag. But as a fan and somebody that doesn't know Mike Bobo personally, I'm not going to stick my neck out and say, oh, he's 110% innocent. Or what's worse is when I see fans jumping to defend the things that he said. Oh, this isn't that bad. People are just sensitive. It's just cancel culture. And there were, I mean, there were Gamecock fans, and maybe some of you were listening that said this. There were Gamecock fans mad at me. All I said to the original post was, it's not a good look. This is not a good look for Mike Bobo. This is not a good look. And, hey, even if it all comes out as false, it still wasn't a good look in that time. Not a good look. You can't spin that it's a good look for anybody. You'd never want these type of stories to come out, especially about your newly hired OC. You just don't. Even if they're false, you just don't. You just don't. And I had fans accusing me of trying to, oh, you're just trying to tear down the program. You're trying to spread negativity. And again, it's nobody notable, it's nobody worth mentioning. The people that were doing that that are that that are that ridiculous. It's nobody worth mentioning on these airwaves. But it would be foolish and it would be almost irresponsible for me to not point it out. But it's just a bad look. Again, I don't know anything about Mike Bobo. I really don't. I hope and pray that all of these are false. All of the allegations are false. And that it was somebody disgruntled. And maybe they come out and say, hey, I was just mad and upset and I said some things I shouldn't have and I kind of twisted the, twisted the truth and it's on me. So be it. I hope that's what happens. But it's an ongoing situation, and it's an, it's an evolving thing. And listen, I, I don't. If, let's just say it does come out as true. God forbid. I don't think Mike Bobo will lose his job necessarily. But what I think, because, you know, listen, we all, and that's some of, you biggest, some of your biggest arguments, which I definitely understand the thing that happened at Clemson. And I think it's ridiculous, too. I think it's ridiculous, too. But... I think what South Carolina might have to do, if these allegations are true, they're going to have to put out a statement. They're going to have to. You, you can't just ignore it. So, listen, I think Mike Bobo is going to be fine. Again, with all the support that's poured out from players, from coaches, 
it, it seems like at least he should be okay. It seems like he should be okay. But we'll see. We're still waiting on the facts. And, again, I don't know what might come out that might make this thing swing one way or the other. I really don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I hate to say this. where there's, It feels like where there's smoke, there's fire. You know, what incentive? You know, because I, I can't fathom. Listen, being a – we've all – if you've played sports, you've probably at some point in your career – been a disgruntled player, quote-unquote, at some point. You have disagreements with coaches or whatever it may be. And I'm not saying – when I say disgruntled, I just mean like there's a misunderstanding or there's a disagreement. And as an adult, you resolve it, you get over it. But I just can't fathom somebody making up a story like this to try to tear down somebody else. That's insane. That's evil is what that is. So, again – I'm in the middle. I, I'm st- like I said, I, I think when Mark Rick speaks, I said it on social media, when Mark Rick speaks, you listen. I think that's very telling that Mark Rick was willing to, to stick his neck out, neck out, if you will, and in support of Mike Bobo for sure. But again, he wasn't with Bobo at Colorado State. So who knows? Who knows what happened? You had a guy, Eric Lewis, one of his assistants speak out. You had Ty McCulloch, uh, I guess that's how you say it, Ty McCulloch. He played at Colorado State. And he's an African-American guy. Eric Lewis, African-American guy. Uh, Major Applewhite, African-American guy. They all spoke out in support. So, you know, we'll see how this thing evolves. It's definitely very interesting. Definitely very interesting. But, again, the – I just – I can't fathom – and, again, I'm not going to go on a rant on this. And, like like I said, we might talk about it on Rowdy Rooster Radio because I think it's interesting. But fans coming at me like I wrote the article. Like, guys, I didn't write anything. I'm just taking the information available and just putting it out there. It's not a good look either way. Even if this all gets cleared up, that was not a good 24, 48, 72 hours. That was not. That was not. Not a good look. So I'm I'm hoping and praying it gets cleared up because the biggest place this will hurt you is recruiting, no doubt. And like I said, how how did Clemson get away with it, keeping that guy on staff? I have no clue. I genuinely have no idea. I genuinely have no idea. But we got to worry about our own situation. And, again, it's going to be just very interesting to see how many more statements, how many more people come out in support of Mike Bobo. If South Carolina puts out any statement, you know, I mean – I think what South Carolina ought to do is put out a statement, just nip it in the bud, get it over with, and, and this will pass. This will pass, you know. Like I said, I said this on social media too. I hate cancel culture as much as anybody. I think 99.9% it's way over the top. I do. I think it's way over the top. God, I mean, you you know, talking about cancel culture, you think there, you think there aren't people that have tried to cancel me multiple times over the last year, two, three, whatever, with all these different social media backlash things, for sure trying to take food out of somebody's mouth, trying to take their livelihood away. It's ridiculous. But I don't really think this is about cancel culture. I think it's just accumulating whatever necessary facts we need to find. And again, it's pointing more like this is kind of all BS from the original article. We'll see. We'll see again. This thing is ever evolving. I will stay on top of it for you guys. We will continue to sort of monitor it and everything, and we'll just kind of roll the punches and see what happens. But uh, yeah, it's a crazy situation. Sorry, I know I kind of rambled on about that. Um, some other quick news. What's the status of college football? Shit hit the fan on Saturday. <laughs> Just shit hit the fan over the weekend. 
Um, we get the official announcement who the additional opponents were for South Carolina. Then Saturday, the MAC cancels football. The Big Ten is rumored to be talking about, oh, maybe we should wait till spring. Listen, I'm someone I've been 110% optimistic throughout the entire process. I have said fully, even if I think college football will try its damnedest, I think they will try to have a season. And if they crash and burn and fail, so be it. But they will not throw in the towel. There's too much money at stake. Now, honestly, guys, if you ask me, are we going to have a season? Being optimistic, being positive like I am, I'm going to tell you that I think, yes, we are. I think we're going to have football. But realistically, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm just – I'm right there with you guys. We're going to have to wait and see. Um, also over the weekend, South Carolina 0 for 2 on commits. Um, they lose Malachi Harris. Was it Malachi Harris? That didn't – yeah, Malachi Harris to UAB, which a three-star kid. Yeah, excuse me, Malachi Bennett. Why did I say Malachi Harris? Malachi Bennett commits to UAB, and then you had four-star Jordan Poole, the athlete, committed to NC State. So not a great weekend on the recruiting trail. But South Carolina did make the top three for 2021 four-star tight end Michael Trigg, and it seems like they are trending positively with him. So that would be a good pickup for South Carolina. Um, all right, let's get into your listener questions really quickly here. I know Terrence Harris, I want to start with him. Terrence Harris on Twitter said, let me get to it. How many picks will Israel Mokwamu have? I know that's what Terrence Harris asked on Twitter. How many picks? I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with two to three, two or three. I think you're like I said, I think JC is going to break out. I think he's going to have his breakout season. I think you're going to see JC get a little selfish with the turnovers and have five or six. So it may take some away from Israel McQuamu, but I still say Izzy's going to have his. He's going to get his. He's going to have a good year. So I say two or three picks for Israel McQuamu in this 2020 football season. Um, okay, we got a couple more questions from Instagram and I think Facebook as well, actually. Zeke season. I will I will miss JC when he leaves. Yeah, I think we all will. Um, Cooper Scott, seven, seven, four. When are we beating Clemson? My friend, obviously not this season because we don't play him. I pray in 2021. I pray ASAP. That's all I can pray. I pray as soon as possible. My friend, I'm right there with you. Uh, Drayton underscore Huffman, JC going crazy this year. Yeah. Like I said, I, I really do. I, I think that he is going to have his best season at South Carolina. I think he's heard all the chatter all off season about having no picks and all that chatter, all that talk. I think he busts through. I think he breaks out. Yeah, I think he has a big year for South Carolina. Krusty Andy, what's more likely, Horn getting five-plus picks or us beating Auburn? Mm. You know, those are both likely. I think those are, there's a good chance of both those, to be honest. I would say what's more likely, Horn getting five-plus picks or us beating Auburn? I'm going to go with JC getting five-plus picks. Yeah, because I, I think that is going to happen, 100%. I think he's going to have five. Beating Auburn, uh, that's a coin. You're going to be an underdog. So I think more likely JC gets five-plus picks. Who will be the biggest surprise or breakout player for the secondary this year? And that's Jordan Portillo, 93, asking that question. Biggest surprise or breakout player for the secondary? That's a good question. That's a good question because – Amongst all the proven guys, the experienced guys, the guys that have already made big plays, there's a lot of young guys that are going to be in there too. Um, who has the breakout year? 
biggest surprise or breakout player for the secondary? It, it's hard for me. It's either going to be Cam Smith or Shiloh Sanders, in my opinion. I think Cam Smith is going to jump on the scene and play a ton this year. And it's what I was going to say, it, it's hard for me to believe that Shiloh Sanders, with his lineage and his talent, is not going to be a guy that's not going to jump in there and make big plays. So I think either Cam Smith or Shiloh Sanders, I think those two guys right there, I think they're going to be studs. I, I really do. I think they're going to be big-time players. I think they're going to break out for you. Um, let's see. We have a couple of questions, or at least statements, whatever, on Facebook. Taylor Dobson says, these guys should be the strength of the defense, if not the entire team. I know JC and Izzy got the most recognition, and rightfully so. But my man Jamie Robinson is a dog. He's going to break out this year. Looking forward to watching this core play. Agree. I love Jamie's game. You could argue Jamie might have the highest ceiling of the three guys. You could argue it. I don't know. You could argue it. Uh, Jacob Rogers. This is the strongest part of our defense. The secondary should be super solid along with the line. The core I worry about is the linebackers. I think we turned some heads this season. I agree. I think the defensive numbers have to get – I think the defensive numbers will be so much better. And it's something I've talked about as well all offseason is that I think the change in offensive philosophy and going to a more slower, um, not so much up-tempo offense, going to a more slower, methodical offense, it's going to help the defense out tremendously. So, yeah, I think you're going to see them make a big jump this year, especially on the stat sheet. Uh, last one, Jackie Fields. Won't, worth, won't look worth a shit if they can't pressure the quarterback. <laughs> hey, Jackie, you make a point. Make a point. If you cannot get pressure on the quarterback, I don't care if you have the best defensive backs in the world. The best DBs in the world can't cover for five, six seconds. So you got to get back there, make their life hell. But good news, Jackie, I think South Carolina has got the guys up front to get after the quarterback. So I don't think that should be a major issue, but we shall see. Um, all right, good show. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Really, really good show. inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.